Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly O'Horo, and this is Adaptable Behavior Explained. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate you being here, and we're going to talk about boundaries. So what's the buzz about boundaries? Quite frankly, in a counseling practice, boundaries is the topic that comes up on almost every single session. Failure to set boundaries, failure to know what boundaries you need, failure to understand how to implement them are typically at the root of why people struggle with resentment, why they feel unseen, why they don't know how to express what they need, and sometimes why they end up putting everybody else before them. And so it's important to talk about the truth of boundaries because a lot of people are using that word incorrectly. There's been a lot of buzz around boundaries on social media, around uh, how it's so important to set them. But when I hear people use that word, they're actually misusing it. They're talking about walls. They're not talking about boundaries. So it's important to understand that if, if a person does something that prohibits connection, it's a wall. Boundaries are a pathway to intimacy and connection. There has to be a way in. There has to be access to relationship and to connection. Boundaries say the way that you can be in healthy relationship with me is by following this set of standards, rules, or expectations for what's okay with me and what's not okay with me. Boundaries are limits or guidelines that people need to establish to define their personal space, protect emotional well-being, and maintain healthy balance between themselves and others. Boundaries say, here's where I end and here's where you begin, and I'm clear that those are different and that we're not connected at this in the same space. And that goes for the whole lifespan. We really need to understand that our own uh, health depends on the awareness of our individual selves and our autonomy and what we need to do in order to make sure the space that we live in is healthy. So boundaries help people dis distinguish their own thoughts, their feelings, their desires from those of others. So when we get into relationships, we tend to fall into some patterns that help us maintain connection. And depending on our histories and our family stories, we might be poor at setting boundaries. We, not, we might not know how to identify what it is that we feel or what we need. And if we struggle there, there's a high likelihood with that, that we also struggle with asserting ourselves. And so that means expressing what we need. Oftentimes people who've been in homes where there's one or more controlling parent, a, a child will learn how to be passive. They will learn to stay small. They'll start to develop the thoughts and feelings that say, my needs and feelings don't matter. There's too much chaos around me. And so what I need or want needs to stay small. And so I stay passive. I don't communicate. I don't express myself. And oftentimes I end up kind of doormatted. And so I learn a pattern of communication that's passive and as opposed to assertive, which is the healthiest form of communication. And as a result, boundaries kind of get uh, disacknowledged. They don't get discussed. People who don't learn how to set boundaries or the failure to set boundaries over time results in resentment in hurt feelings and an inability to feel important and express that I am equally important as you are in the world. And so part of what's important is that we learn how to express our needs and our preferences in our relationships. There's several categories of boundaries. The obvious ones are physical boundaries. 
right? These boundaries define the personal space that are around our individual body, and it dictates how close we're okay being to others and how the proximity in our space affects us. You know, it's funny because the Me Too movement came around and a lot of people started saying, yes, I never said anything. I don't know why I never said anything. You know, I remember feeling passive and quiet in moments, for example, around physical boundaries. In my early years after I finished my bachelor's degree, I became a flight attendant. And I can remember being on planes with sometimes with passengers and sometimes with pilots where they would touch me as they were moving by. And I had a sense that they weren't touching me to just acknowledge a placement so that I would scoot. There was a sense of like, I'm, I'm putting my hands on you in a way so that I can feel your body. And I was so passive in those years because I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't know how to say to a person that I perceived as more powerful, like a pilot, hey, buddy. I got you. You don't need to put your hands on me there and, and allow for the assertiveness to say what's okay and not okay with me. And so there were many moments in my life where I failed to set personal physical boundaries with people. And, and that is very physical and it is very personal. Another example that oftentimes people don't consider when we go through a door and we put our hands on the small of someone's back to say, hey, you go first. A lot of times we think we're just being polite. We're just being cautious and conscientious and, and considerate. But what we're not considering is what if someone was physically abused? And when we touch their back, it triggers something in their story and they get frozen and they don't know how to say anything. So as much as it seems like it's tedious, it's important that we express what's okay and not okay for ourselves, as well as check in with someone. You know, can I give you a hug? Can you know, when we put our hand out to shake someone's hand, that's implying consent to shake their hand. And we're saying, I'm okay if you touch my hand. So these are, these are some simple things to keep in mind about physical boundaries. And it's not to say that we need to turn ourselves upside down and walk on eggshells. It's just about communication because everyone's physical boundaries and family systems and histories would dictate what's okay and not okay for us. And we want to keep those things in mind. Another kind of boundary is an emotional boundary. So these refer to the separation of our individual emotions from those around us. People with healthy emotional boundaries can empathize with others without absorbing their emotions or taking responsibility for them. Oftentimes we get confused about how to show empathy versus sympathy and how empathy isn't I'm going to take on your emotional experience, but empathy is I can feel with you in a space without making it mine or making it about me. Think of a time where you have said to somebody, you know, oh, I, I feel so sad because I, I was late to work and I was overwhelmed and this bad thing happened. A poor emotional boundary might be an example of someone saying, oh, right, I know exactly what that's like. And they're trying to empathize, but ultimately they're sympathizing and they're making that story about them. And so it's, it's really an empathic failure. On the other side of that is someone who says, you know, oh, I had a miscarriage. And then the listener says, oh my gosh, I know that's the most sad thing. I had a miscarriage too. And I was so overwhelmed and, and fraught with, with emotion that I just couldn't get out of it. And I start crying and I make it about me. So this is an example of a poor emotional boundary. And it's important to recognize that it can go in either direction. So that sweet spot about emotional boundaries is where I can empathize and I can be in connection with you when you're sharing something with me and I don't perseverate and make it about me, but I can show up with compassion and empathy. 
Another kind of boundary is intellectual boundaries. So this is where we respect one another's thoughts, ideas, and opinions. It allows individuals to have their own perspective without trying to impose our belief on another person. In all relationships, the goal is to have space for both perspectives. So you might say something that's completely incongruent with how I see the world or what I uh, have experienced and the the lens through which I see how things are. But if I'm a good listener and I have healthy boundaries, I can say, wow, I can see that you have that perspective and you're passionate and you're strong about it. I'm going to disagree with you and because I share a different perspective, but we can still be mutually respectful to one another, although we share a different opinion about something in the world. And I think it's, it's even more important right now. Uh, Brene Brown says it's hard to hate up close, move in. And I think it's important that we keep those things in mind because there's so much pain in the world right now. And we need to remember that Everyone brings to the table a different set of experiences. And with that, their intellectual thought, their boundary setting and what they've learned. And so we need to have room for both people or several people in a conversation to have perspective without trying to trample or dismiss or disparage someone for not having the same perspective that you share. Another obvious one to a lot of people would be a sexual boundary. What's okay for me and not okay for me related to intimacy, to sexual activity, what I'm comfortable with and what you're comfortable with. And this can change over time. So we need to be able to express ourselves, set limits, communicate about consent and and boundaries in, in an intimate situation. So depending on where I'm at in a relationship, I might be okay holding your hand in public, but maybe I'm not okay. Or maybe something happened that activated a memory of mine that's triggering something in me. And so right now, I don't want you to come give me a hug. I have to express that. And it's my responsibility as an individual person to know what I need and to express what I need. It's nobody's job to read my mind. And that creates so much frustration in so many people and in so many clients. If I could get a nickel for every time I heard, well, I shouldn't have to tell them. And I say, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're an adult and and you absolutely have to tell someone what's okay and not okay with you. An example that makes this this physical boundary, or, or this wouldn't be a sexual boundary, this would be more about a physical boundary, but the example I use about our responsibility to share with someone what's okay and not okay would be related to if I get a massage. So I go get a massage and let's say I worked out really hard and I'm super sore. And I realize that if I can get someone in there and really dig into those knots, it can release those, those, those muscles and it can relax me and I can you know, drink a lot of water and be on my way to healing. But let's say I just lay there quiet. And I had an expectation or desire that I wanted this massage to be, you know, really intense. And I wanted those, I wanted them to get in there and they just did some kind of light, relaxing Swedish massage. And the whole time I'm laying there on the massage table, I'm annoyed with the person. Gosh, I wish they would just go harder. And I say nothing. It's not their fault because everybody has a different desire or need depending on what's going on in their life and their body and their what they find uh, beneficial or effective. And so that's just a small example about how we must use our voice to set the kind of boundaries we need to and assert ourselves to express what we need and what's okay and not okay with us. It's our own responsibility. Another kind of boundary would be a time boundary. Managing and allocating time for ourselves, for our work and our relationships. Managing your personal time and commitments to help maintain healthy work-life balance is critical. 
You know, I, I, I recognize that we all have different work paces. We all have different boundaries around how we, we set time, but we have to recognize that how we manage time oftentimes impacts other people. And so for example, like I ask for something from my administrative assistant to be done at a certain point. And she says, Oh, I'm so sorry. I got behind and I'll get it to you. And so meanwhile, I'm anxious because she managed time in a way that didn't match what I needed. And so we have a further conversation and I expressed her, listen, if you have a whole bunch of things on your plate related to your time management, Let's touch base so I can let you know how to allocate those resources in in the way of time management. And let's get clear on how you can be successful in meeting the expectations I have related to what's required of you from a time management perspective. This is a time boundary. This is saying this is okay and this is not okay with me. And people don't recognize that it's an internal boundary failure when we don't recognize, uh, you know, I stay up till midnight working because I didn't do it at a, at an earlier time in the day. I have an internal boundary violation related to time because now I'm shortchanging myself on sleep and all sorts of other things that would be related to my wellness. We have material boundaries. So this pertains to our possessions and our resources. You know, what's okay with me? I loan you a dress. What's okay for me is if I loan you a dress that you bring it back to me in a timely fashion and it's clean. Not that it's brought to me in a bag in a heap and I can't wear it because I gave it to you in a state where it was, it was usable. And so that might be a boundary. So I would say to somebody, Hey, I'll let you borrow this, but please get it back to me and please make sure you get it dry cleaned before you return it so that I can wear it the next time I want to. Establishing limits on how we share, how we, um, how we expect things. And, and again, like I'll give you an example. If, if someone borrows our car, my husband has an expectation that is often unexpressed please bring it back to me with a full tank of gas. But if he didn't say that, he might be disappointed that it gets brought back to him and there's no fuel in the tank. And now he is burdened with going to stop and perhaps he didn't plan for that. So we have to express our expectations around material boundaries as well. Social boundaries. This is the level and engagement of engagement and interaction that we're comfortable with in variation to social social settings. So this is oftentimes where introversion and extroversion get discussed. My husband's an introvert. He is really good and commands a social presence. He likes to be around people, but for him, it requires a lot of energy. So he has to set boundaries around social engagement so that he has enough time to introvert and recharge his batteries. It takes more energy for him to be in large groups than it does for me. It doesn't expend as much energy for me. So we have to navigate and negotiate what's going to work for us related to our own internal needs and and boundaries around our engagement with other people. And that's different for everyone, and it's different for everyone over time. So these are things that require a sort of communication and discussion, especially when in relationship. But first, it requires us to look inside and decide, what is it that I need? If I have overcommitted and I end up finding myself so exhausted because I haven't slowed down to say, man, I'm kind of out of fuel in my tank, and I need some time to just disengage from connection and the requirements that go into managing relationships, then I might need to reevaluate where I'm at from an energetic perspective so that I can maintain my own wellness and, and health. We've got digital boundaries. So this has become even more increasingly important as society becomes 
ever so dependent on our smartphones and our numbing out with our social media and our inability to regulate our impulse control and our constant checking our emails and our likes and things like that on social media. And so when we talk about digital digital boundaries, this is where in your own life, you, you might set boundaries like, you know, putting your phone in another room to charge giving yourself the morning, you know, I think studies show that the first 49 minutes of the day and the last 49 minutes of the day should be without screens for the best brain health. And so maybe setting digital boundaries for yourself that you, uh, that you, you set for yourself so that you can have a healthier, um, relationship with, with the, with the pull towards our digital, uh, draw. Uh, this might be something that we set, for example, where we don't want to have, you know, phones at the dinner table. So maybe we say phone free dinner and everyone's asked to put their phones uh, in, a, in a table elsewhere so that we can be really present. And this is a boundary that you might need to set in your, in your home or in your relationships, because you're constantly finding yourself resentful that everybody around you is on their phone when we're sitting in connection. And so I think that it's okay to say, listen, if you need space to be on your phone because you're maxed, it's okay for you to excuse yourself and go take time for that. It's all right. But if you're in this space, I'd like you to put your phones away because being present is the present I'd like to have for our time together. And I think that's all right to say. Think about how many times you've walked into a restaurant and everyone you see sitting at a table is on their phone. This is an example of a poor digital boundary. People are on a date and they're not present with one another. Or people walk into a restaurant and they immediately hand their two-year-old the phone to keep them quiet. Well, kids are not developing resilience around um, boredom. They have very low impulse control, and and I'll talk about this in in an entire show about social media and the effects and impacts that that's having on society. So it's really important that you look at your digital boundaries and how you're using uh, social media and, and how that's affecting your mental health. So in a nutshell, boundaries are what's okay and not okay with me. Brene Brown would say that boundaries are finding a way to be generous towards others while continuing to lead with integrity and staying true to yourself. So setting boundaries means prioritizing your needs, practicing self-care without feeling guilty, saying what you mean and meaning what you say without saying it mean, but ultimately it's your responsibility to decide what you need, assert what you need, and express those to the people in your life. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this helpful. It's a very important topic to become familiar with as it really is the hallmark of helping you with your mental health and for creating a stable environment, both internally, externally, and in relationships. And I encourage you to practice setting boundaries, even though it's uncomfortable at first if you're not used to it, because it really will change your life and you will find a sense of freedom and relief once you become healthier with boundaries that you probably never have experienced before. Make sure to lead with love. It'll never steer you wrong.